1: Welcome into the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this episode. I'm your host, Ben Ross, and we've got a great guest for you coming up. Robert Murray, Major League Baseball insider and a national columnist for Fansided. We talk about the A's offseason, the free agents on the team, including, of course, Marcus Simeon, Liam Hendricks, and Tommy Lestella. Robert, with some great inside information about who might be returning to the A's and what the market is going to look like for some of these free agents. We also talk about the A's arbitration eligible players and, and whether we'll see some non-tenders. And I asked Robert about the possibility we might see the A's make a trade in order to free up some salary. We know the A's uh, are not afraid to make some surprising trades, catch the baseball world off guard. And so we get Robert's thoughts on that and who might be the possibilities there as well. So a lot of good information coming up with Robert Murray in just a few minutes. You know, it's interesting. One of the other things I talk with Robert about is just the offseason in general across baseball and the fact that it might be kind of a slow-moving market with uh, maybe lower, lower salaries than we're used to seeing just because of the, the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of these owners... Lost some big-time money. Not that I'm feeling too bad for these guys. Billionaires for the most part. But it's just the way that they're going to go about it. Losing money from the pandemic. Not having fans in the seats. And of course, there's the possibility that we won't have fans next season either. I, I hope that's not the case. And maybe at some point in the year, we'll be back to having full crowds. Or at the very least, a small percentage of the usual crowds. But I think it will be interesting to watch... The free agent market this offseason because I think that's definitely going to, to play a role. And that's something else we get into with Robert in just a couple minutes. couple bits of news around baseball. Yesterday, the new members of the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot were announced. And it includes four former A's. Tim Hudson, Barry Zito, Nick Swisher, and Dan Heron. So congratulations to all four of them for getting on the ballot. They were among 11 new members. Joined by Mark Burley, A.J. Burnett, Michael Kedire, LaTroy Hawkins, Tori Hunter, Aramis Ramirez, and Shane Victorino. You know, interesting looking at that group. No one really jumps out. I don't actually think we'll see any of them uh, get into the Hall of Fame. But you never know. And, of course, you can stay on the ballot up to 10 years as long as you're getting 5% of the vote. You need 75% to get into the Hall. When you look at those A's players, certainly... I would think Tim Hudson has the best shot. In all, Tim Hudson pitched 17 seasons with the A's, Braves, and Giants. Won 222 games against 133 losses, a 3.49 ERA, and a four-time All-Star. Congratulations to all four for getting on the Hall of Fame ballot. Certainly a great accomplishment in and of itself. And congratulations to Kim Ang as well, who made... Some baseball history last week, she becomes the first woman hired as a general manager in Major League Baseball history, named the GM of the Miami Marlins. And just listening to everyone around baseball, this was long overdue. Kim Eng, pretty much described by everybody as overqualified. She's been in the game for more than 30 years, been in the White Sox front office, was the Yankees assistant GM from 1998 to 2001, then the Dodgers assistant GM from 2002 to 2011. And since then, she's served as the senior vice president of baseball operations for Major League Baseball. And now finally getting a chance to be a GM, and I think she's going to do a phenomenal job in Miami. So our conversation with Robert Murray coming up in just a moment. But first... I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Folks, the NFL season is now in full swing. Now, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. I was actually just looking at some of their baseball futures for next year. Never too early to look at the World Series odds. No surprise, the Dodgers are the favorites at plus 400, followed by the Yankees at plus 700. I like the A's odds, plus 1,800. I know that there's some question marks about which free agents might leave, who might stay, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a homer. I think this A's team is a nice little, I wouldn't call them a long shot at plus 1,800, but certainly pretty good odds nonetheless. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, our guest this episode is an MLB insider and a national columnist for Fansided. We're really excited to welcome Robert Murray to the Believe in Oakland Days podcast. Robert, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. And how are you?
1: Doing well. Uh, you know, I, I've got to say you're one of my favorite follows on Twitter at by Robert Murray. Uh, if you're not following folks, you definitely should. This is a guy who he breaks a lot of news. If you're a baseball fan, a lot of free agent news, a lot of arbitration news, everything you might want. Uh, he's got some good sources. So he's a guy you're going to want to follow on Twitter. And, and I guess, Robert, I want to start um, just with the offseason in general. Uh, kind of a a slow start to free agency. I don't think that was unexpected necessarily, but, uh, you know, big picture. What are you expecting as far as free agent contracts and and the movement that we're seeing this off season?
0: Yeah, I expect this to be a really slow moving market. And that's the expectation throughout the entire industry. And there's going to be a limited amount of teams who are going to be able to throw big money out there. I mean, we saw the, the Braves do that today with Drew Smiley gave him $11 million. Uh, robbie ray with the blue jays eight million i mean that's there, as i said there's going to be a limited amount of teams who can end up spending this kind of money uh the mets obviously are a big one um and that the giants too maybe i mean that's out in your neck of the woods um mm-hmm. after that you really start to question which teams are going to be able to spend a lot it's just going to create a really slow moving market especially in the pandemic
1: yeah, that, that was sort of my next question. Do you, how, how much do you think that affects things? Because obviously, you know, we know that there was a lot of revenue loss for these owners uh, with the pandemic not being able to have fans. We don't even know if we're going to be able to have fans in ballparks, you know, this upcoming season. We hope we do. But I mean, at this point, who knows? So h- how much of a factor does that all play uh, in these free agency decisions?
0: It's a huge because I've talked to a handful of teams that don't even have their budgets yet for this year. And the not knowing if fans are going to be in the stands next year is also a huge thing because that's a huge part of the revenue. Um, And if you don't have that next year, if you don't have concessions, if you don't have all that, it is going to create a huge revenue loss for these teams. And it's going to end up impacting free agency and and other parts of the organizations too, because we've seen layoffs throughout baseball operations, scouts, et cetera. um, Not a good time
1: for baseball. And of course, A's fans don't need me to, to remind them that obviously this is a team that, that's typically operating at a pretty low budget to begin with. So, uh, you know, you'd imagine that it's going to hit the A's hard too. Um, obviously, some big names, uh, free agents for the A's this offseason, you got 10 in total, but it, I think the biggest ones are Marcus Simeon, uh, Liam Hendricks, Tommy Lostella. I want to start with with Marcus Simeon because this is a guy that I've been talking about on this podcast for a while now. I just feel like, I, I don't know what the likelihood is that he returns to the A's, but to me, if you are the Oakland A's, you have to find a way to bring this guy back. Not, not just what he does on the field. And, you know, he's one of the best shortstops in the game. He, he's become a tremendous defensive player. He can hit. He can hit for power. Um, but he's a leader on this team. He's a local guy. You know, he's from the Bay Area. He does tremendous work in the community. I'm just curious what you've been hearing. You know, you would expect a guy like Marcus Simeon to get pretty good money, even, even in a slow market like this. Uh, Do you think there's any chance that he returns to the A's or or do you think he ends up somewhere else?
0: I think there is a chance that he returns, but there's a much greater chance that he plays elsewhere next year. And I think what is really helping his chances of coming back was the fact that he had a down year this year. Um, Mm -hmm. That means his value is probably going to end up being down and teams might have some questions uh, and that could even lessen the market for, for a couple of teams. Um, So I, I do think they're, is at least a slight possibility that he's back. But as you mentioned, with the A's and dealing with the pandemic, they're probably going to end up being one of the more hearted teams. And they even before this, they did not spend a lot of money. And the kind of contract that he's going to command in free agency, I have a very hard time seeing him returning next year. I've, I've seen crazier things happen, but um, I would not get my hopes up from based on what I've heard and just connecting the dots.
1: I was a little surprised that they didn't offer him the qualifying offer. And and I know that that's probably a lot more money than the A's typically will spend. I think it's around $18.9 million this year, um, which I think is actually more than the A's have ever, ever spent on on a contract for any player in their history. But when when you consider that, I think Simeon made around somewhere around $13 million this past season anyway, or he was scheduled to obviously uh, a little bit less since they only played the 60 games. Were you surprised they didn't at least offer him the qualifying offer? I think
0: part of me, yeah, but also another part of me knows because I think if they ended up offering it to him, he would have been inclined to have taken it, like Kevin Gossman and and, uh, and Roman. I think there was a, there would have been a reasonable chance, and, and considering their financial situation, I don't have the specifics on what it is, but I can I have somewhat general idea. Having an eighteen dollar yeah. contract on that would have been a, a huge burden and probably wouldn't have allowed them to to upgrade different parts of the roster. So I think instead of focusing it on one, they're going to end up using it on maybe three or four guys.
1: One of those guys, maybe uh, Tommy La who who came over from the Angels uh, in the middle of last season and really performed well for the A's. He feels like a guy that fits in great with that team, uh, you know, gets on base a lot, uh, doesn't hit for a ton of power, but, you know, he's capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, he, he feels like, a, a guy who maybe we do see return to the A's. What, what are you hearing about the market for a Tommy LaStella?
0: I could absolutely see him returning. I think that makes a ton of sense for both sides. I think the market for him is going to be pretty strong just because, as you said, uh, he was a very good performer after he got traded over there last year um, and talked to him at spring training last year. And he's a great dude. He fits into the clubhouse well. Um, and that's the kind of guy, if the money is right, maybe if it's six, $7 million a year, you could end up seeing the the A's pull the trigger on it. Uh, it's probably going to end up being a multi-year deal. Um, Cause that's probably what his market's going to look like. And uh, if they can find a way to make sense for both sides, I could absolutely see him return. That just makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, that's kind of, I think the the conventional wisdom that I, I've heard too is, you know, the A's really enjoyed having him. I think he enjoyed playing for the A's too. I think he fit in really well uh, into the clubhouse. So that'll be an interesting t- to watch. I mean, look, especially if you let Marcus Simeon go, which I still hope to see him back with the A's. But if you let Simeon go, I almost feel like you've got to bring back uh, Lestella in the middle of that defense at second base. Um, and then the other guy I mentioned, as far as maybe the biggest name free agents the A's have, Liam Hendricks, uh, who's, you know, here's a guy who's turned himself into arguably the best closer in baseball, at least among them. He, he was so valuable for the A's the last couple of seasons. I, I imagine he'll, he'll have his choice of teams and, and probably get some pretty big money thrown at him. The A's historically don't like to spend a ton of money on, on relief pitchers. I mean, they don't like to, to spend, <laughs> spend a ton of money anyway, but particularly on relievers. Uh, what are you thinking on Liam Hendricks? It, it feels to me like it's really unlikely to, that he comes back to the A's.
0: Yeah, from what I can tell, his market's been really strong to start. And of any of the free agent relievers in this market is pretty deep with them, but there's a lot of premium talent besides Hendricks. And that's the kind of guy we can end up seeing to get a, a pretty rich multi-year deal. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I could see him getting three or four years for over 10 to $12 million a year. I have a very hard time envisioning him back in Oakland. It's just with, as you said, they don't seem to spend a lot on relievers. Uh, I know they've acquired them at the trade deadline in in years past, but um, maybe upgrading the middle infield or using it on a starting pitcher because those are both needs um, would be a more wise idea. But Hendricks returning to Oakland seems even more unlikely than Simeon returning.
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with you there. And, And so with that being said, you know, the A's do have some other relievers who are free agents and obviously the A's bullpen, was one of their strengths last year. as one of the best bullpens in baseball. You know, a lot of that was because of Liam Hendricks. And that's not a guy who's, who's necessarily easy to replace. But uh, when you look at some of the other relievers, TJ McFarland, Yusmero Petit, and Joaquim Soria, all free agents. What do you, what do you see as far as uh, the, the market for setup men like that, for non-closers out of the bullpen? And would it make sense for the A's to bring back one or more of those guys?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that with those guys specifically, and you mentioned Soria being one of those players, um, is just going to depend on what this market looks like. And just because there's an abundance of relievers available and, and not those dominant ninth inning guys, um, we could end up seeing those contracts look, look a little bit lesser. So if they want to maybe sign a couple of those guys, maybe you can get them for a combined $6, 7000000 million. That's just me floating a number out there. Um but if you're looking to be cost effective and try to find different ways to um, to upgrade your bullpen, I think that's a way too. And we also gotta realize that the, the bullpen market's gonna get even more saturated after all the non-tenders on December 2nd. Like that is gonna be a way some teams look to creatively fill their bullpen is just because those guys are gonna be so cheap. Um, yeah, like that is for me, I could see the A's and a lot of other teams trying to upgrade their bullpens in that kind of way.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, again, if Hendricks does go, look, the A's I think can still have a pretty good bullpen next year. They they bring back Jake Diekman, who was terrific. Um, JB Wendelkin's a young guy who was really good. Um, and so you know you can you you can sometimes see teams sort of piece together bullpens with young hard throwing guys. And you know the 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 three that I mentioned that are free agents, not the the hard throwers necessarily, but all really good, uh, versatile veteran guys. So those will be interesting to watch. I also wanted to ask you about uh, the one starter that the A's have who's a free agent. Uh, Well, one of the two, I guess, Mike Miner, I'm assuming is going to be gone, but Mike Fiers, also a free agent for the A's. You know, it's it's interesting because he was pretty valuable in in the last couple of seasons in the regular season. Uh, But then playoff time, they didn't really feel all that comfortable using him. And I almost think with some of the young starting pitchers the A's have, you know, with the Jesus Lizardo, Chris Bassett, um, Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, guys like that, I find it unlikely that Mike Fiers returns. What What do you think? And and do you think there's a market for a veteran uh, starting pitcher like him?
0: I do think there's a market for a starting pitcher like him. I think he's proven himself valuable, but it is odd that they didn't value him in the postseason. Like I don't maybe value is in the right word, but just utilize him in the bullpen or in the or in the playoffs like that Uh, I find that really interesting to me Um, but to answer your question I could actually see the A's pursuing an arm in free agency Uh, I mean there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different veterans available because you don't want to just go into the starting or you don't want to go into the next year with a really young staff even though it's super talented with as a guy like Jesus Lazardo, who I think is going to be an absolute stud Um, maybe you want to go for a guy like cole hamels or there's a, a ton of different options i mean that's just one of them um yeah so I, I could see them doing that but like the a's in general um like and you mentioned mike matter too actually that's another guy who's a free agent um but they yeah. they're they're in a good spot in the rotation but just having another veteran in that that rotation would end up being a really big thing for them if they if they want to compete next year i should say
1: yeah you know that is a good point because i think you know, at least for me, I, I was expecting the rotation this past season to be a little better than it was, and I think maybe I was a little impatient with the young guys. As you said, you know, just watching Jesus Lazardo uh, come up through the system and the stuff he has, I think, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, he, the, the sky's the limit for him. Um, but, uh, you know, he is young, and, and as are some of the other guys that I mentioned, it would make sense to maybe mix in at least one or two uh, good veteran arms to go along with that uh, last free agent. I wanted to ask you about on the A's is another guy who under the radar has been pretty good for them, especially this past season, Robbie Grossman uh, who, you know, when they, when they first signed him, I didn't really seeing him being as big a factor on the A's as he ended up being. I kind of looked at him more as like a fourth outfielder, you know, this past year, he was one of their more consistent hitters throughout the season I wonder if, if you think he's the kind of guy that they might bring back if they can get a reasonable salary.
0: Yeah, I think as, just as you ended that, like the way that the A's are going to operate this offseason and a ton of different teams is whether or not you can find value. And I'm sure they would be thrilled if they could end up bringing him back if the deal was right. And I can imagine he might not have a lucrative deal or a lucrative market in free agency uh, just because he's probably not the most well-known guy. And um, free agency is gonna end up being really brutal for a lot of different players um and like maybe they can end up signing him for a couple million a year um on a one-year deal i mean i think that would make a ton of sense for them um but i i can't see the market for a guy like robbie grossman even though he's deserving being very strong i just not in this kind of market
1: yeah and as you said that that perhaps works in the a's favor that's that's the kind of guy that typically they love to go out and get you know he's already been on their team. Why not bring him back? And as we know, you can never have too much depth uh, as far as a guy who's a switch hitter who can put the ball in play, um, play multiple positions in the outfield. So that will be one to watch. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the A's also have ten players who are eligible for arbitration, and you know this is feels like this might be a tough year to to gauge what those salaries might end up looking like you know mlb trade rumors every year does their projections this year a little bit different because they only played 60 games so they did a a few different projections based on different formulas i'm gonna i'm gonna do the one where they just kind of um took the stats from the 60 games and extrapolated what it would be over 162 and what those numbers might look like and then you can tell me if if any of these guys you think are possible non-tender candidates so you got chris bassett uh 5.6 million projected Mark Canna, 8.2 million. That's the highest number. Uh, Matt Chapman, 4.3 million. He's obviously back. Tony Kemp, 1.2 million. Sean Mania, 6.4 million. Frankie Montas, 2.4 million. Matt Olson, 6.4 million. Chad Pinder, 2.4 million. Lou Trevino, 1.1 million and Birch Smith, 800,000. Out of that list, just real quick you think they, you think the A's try and bring them all back or do you see any potential, uh, non tender candidates there?
0: I honestly can see them bringing back all those guys at those, at those salaries. I think that is a really like, there's none of them that are too egregious. I do wonder about Ed Pinder though. Like, I think he's a super talented guy. He's clearly got a lot of pop in his bat, Yeah, but he, I don't think the A's utilized him properly. Mm. Um, and maybe a change of scenery would do him a lot of good where he can get more consistent playing time and a more natural defensive position. I think that could make a lot of sense. But um, if we're talking about non-tenders, I honestly, I think all of them are back.
1: Yeah. You know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of AS fans and and myself included are with you on Chad Pinder and, and, you know, we did get to see him play a little bit more this past season. It, it was such a bummer because when Matt Chapman got hurt, you figure, oh, well, at least they got Chad Pinder. He's a guy who can play third base every day. And and unfortunately he gets hurt too uh, with a hamstring issue. And so he wasn't able to play a ton, but yeah, he is, I'm kind of with you. I'd love to see him get more consistent playing time. Now he is one of those versatile guys who can play just about every position on the diamond and, and there's value in that alone. But I think if he were an everyday player, I think we would see some really big things um, with the bat. And so I think the A's do recognize the value and, you know, at 2.4 million, he's a bargain to bring back. So, so it, it will be interesting to see if, if he gets more playing time. I mean, look, the one thing I'll say is if Marcus Simeon ends up going, maybe that gives Chad Pinder more of a role, not necessarily as the everyday shortstop, but it just opens up another spot in the lineup every day.
0: Yeah, and opportunities and having more of them could mean having a guy that hits 20-plus home runs in in that lineup full-time. Maybe it's even more because he's got, as I said, absurd power. Um, And some of those home runs he hit last year where you watch the highlight clips and it's like, oh, boy, you expect that from, like, a Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I think the A's could do a, a lot of good there having him play a little bit more next year.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. No, his power is incredible. I mean, look, I've been lucky enough to watch him take batting practice a lot of days and he hits balls to places in the Coliseum that I didn't know you could hit him during the <laughs> game too. I mean, I, I think it was a couple of years ago, he hit one uh, up near the treehouse, which is like upper, upper deck in left field. I think it was around 480 feet was the estimate or something ridiculous. As you said that like that's Giancarlo Stanton territory. So that's yeah. a guy who's got some serious pop. Um, you know, I had a buddy of mine kind of ask me, and it, it was a, a thought I hadn't even really thought about, but I, I think it's interesting. you know, the A's often never rule out a trade with the A's. The, and they often will will complete a surprising trade, and especially if they're trying to to cut salary, I don't know you know they first of all, they don't really have many guys under contract as of now for next year. But of the ones they do, look, I'm sure if they could find a trading partner for Chris Davis. As much as I like Chris Davis and, and what he's shown he can do in the past, you know, he's scheduled to make almost $17 million next year. I'm sure they would love to get rid of that contract if they could. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anyone out there that would take that. I mean, he again, here's a guy only a few years ago, led the league in home runs for whatever reason. He's just kind of lost something at the plate. I don't know if it's his timing, his confidence, is there a need anywhere? Would a team that could afford it take a chance on a Chris Davis, uh, being able to acquire him for not much in return?
0: Yeah, like the two teams that could really probably afford him would be the the Mets and the Giants. But the thing with Davis is like you don't want him playing defense. And, right. I mean, if there's no – like the universal DH, I mean, that's a possibility next year for the, or the NL again. But let's, let's play – or let's say that there's – not going to be a DH in the NL next year. That limits those two teams right out of the right out of the shoot. So, like, my guess is the market for Davis is going to end up being pretty quiet just because there's not going to be many teams looking to add a $17 million salary for, as you said, a guy who's kind of lost it at the plate, doesn't play defense, and also hits 247 every year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, that's still one of the craziest things to me. Like, that... Yeah. I, I don't the, know. Look,
1: how, the The A's would love it if he could get back to 247. I guess the problem the last couple of years is he's dipped down closer to 200 or below, but yeah, that, what was it? Like four years in a row, he hit 247.
0: Yeah. That's like probably one of the most mind blowing stats in like 20, 30 years. I'm going to ask my kid just like (laughs) that. And yeah, like there's, they're going to be like, that's not possible, but he found a way.
1: That is one of the greatest stats out there. I've got to say, um, Here's another one that I thought was interesting. And look, I feel bad even mentioning it because I love the guy and I'm not trying to start rumors here. Um, But Steven Mm Piscotty, he's, he's under contract. He's, he's going to make 7.25 million next year, which is a reasonable number. But then when you look at a team like the A's who have a lot of good outfielders, assuming they bring back Mark Canna, you got Ramon Laureano if they were to bring back a Robbie Grossman Chad Pinder's a guy, I guess, who can also play in the outfield. I'm just wondering, like that to me is the kind of thing that the A's do that sort of comes as a, as a surprise. They they shed a salary like that for a team who could use a good starting right fielder. What what do you think? Is that something that you could see maybe making sense?
0: I, I think it could make sense if the if the right opportunity presented itself. I don't know exactly how likely it is, but I I mm-hmm. don't see how it wouldn't be a possibility. Like if the A's can find a team willing to take on, what did you say? 7.25. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's reasonable and he's a, yeah. a decent player. Um, I could see it at least being a possibility.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, obviously as we know, the A's sometimes have to get creative, especially if they're trying to, to cut salary and look, I don't know for sure that that's what they're trying to do. Although that's kind of what that's been the word on the street, what they're looking to do just because uh, of some of the lost revenue and, it's unfortunate i think a lot of ace fans were really upset you know seeing uh, seeing the new mets ownership and how committed they are to winning and, and spending money it's it, it almost stings extra when you're an A's fan and you have to deal with john fisher who couldn't care less what the team does and
0: yeah it's
1: you want it feels like you want to say just sell the team man this is such a good young core if you're not going to invest in them what are you even doing owning the team
0: Yeah, like, and to mention your point about the Mets, it's like ever since I've been in baseball, I've been in baseball for eight years now, and I've never seen Mets Twitter in a happy place until, (laughs) like, is this actually real? And I'm sure it would be the would be happening if it was the A's. And like my one of my points that I want to make on the A's too is is with Billy Bean. um, Well, I mean, there's about him possibly like going, Um, but he's I mean he's still there. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I did want to ask you about that because yes, as of now, he's still, he's still with the A's, but there is the report that if this deal goes through with John Henry and and Fenway sports, that he would be leaving baseball and leaving the A's. I kind of did want to get your overall thoughts on, on, on all of that, the possibility of him leaving. I mean, as you said, he is still there now, but it looks like there's a good possibility. He won't be back.
0: Yeah, and like for now, let's say that he's he's still here, and he's probably gonna end up having his fingerprints all over this offseason. And mm-hmm. with him, you've learned to expect the unexpected. And we saw it a few years ago when they got John Lester and Jeff Marja. I believe it was on the same day. Yep. Uh, and then we've we've seen it in, in future years too. Um, but that like it, this off season would be in a different way with selling off contracts. And you mentioned a Piscotty. Like, he could find a way to do it. Like, I would not put anything past Billy Bean. Um, but going forward and what his future looks like, that is really interesting to me because I have not seen a baseball season or without Billy Bean. Like, that's just, yeah. you think baseball, you think of Billy Bean. And yeah. that would be a huge blow to the A's. I think they're pretty well stocked in the in the front office and also with Melvin as a manager. I think they have some... Mm-hmm leadership there i think that ended up being okay um but that being said losing him would be a massive blow uh to both the a's and baseball and it sure seems like i believe it was jared diamond who reported it who's one of the best reporters there is um i mean this seems like a very real possibility that it's happening unless there's a snag in this
1: yeah it is it is going to be interesting to watch and unfortunately it, it that feels like a bad sign based on uh ownership and and salary numbers and and budget numbers and all of that if if Billy Bean were to leave I guess the last thing I want to ask you about is, is a little bit more about the A's in general because look maybe I'm a homer here but it this feels to me like a team that's close and and I know they've been close they've now been to the playoffs three straight years they finally at least won a playoff series this year getting by the White Sox I know everyone was disappointed with with kind of how things went against the Astros but it's a team that has a lot of talent. They can hit, uh, even though it was sort of a down year at the plate this past year, but they still found ways to win. And I think they, they're a better hitting team than they showed. And I, I think for the first time in a while, we talked about some of the young starting pitching they have. Guys like Lazardo, A.J. Puck, if he, could, if he can stay healthy, that's still a big if. Uh, Chris Bassett with his breakout year. Frankie Montas has shown signs of getting back to, to where he was before he got the suspension I don't know. It feels like they've got the pieces and they're close, uh, to, to making a world series run. Do you feel that way too? Or, or is it just too tough with their, their budget limitations?
0: Um, maybe. I don't know if it's too tough with the budget limitations, but it also depends on a lot of what they do this offseason. And they have holes in the middle infield. Um, you starting rotation could use another piece, as I said. Um, and, bullpen too i mean they can add a couple of different pieces there um and it's going to end up being how they manage those financial restrictions and i don't maybe i think it's going to definitely impact them i don't want to undersell that but they've proven they can end up being creative and and doug melvin or uh, bob melvin i should say my apologies um has proven that he can put these guys in really good situations to succeed and i would not put anything past him because like i've seen it up close covering the brewers the last few years um without craig Counsell does it with implementing his guys all over the field and who did he learn mm-hmm. learned it from bob melvin and he's one of the best for a reason and that's why the A's are always so good year in and year out even with the financial restrictions so they're they've experienced this in years past this year might be a little bit more tough but i think they should be competitive i just don't know if they're gonna end up being a world series team
1: Good insight. We appreciate it, man. That's Robert Murray. You can follow him on Twitter at by Robert Murray. That's B Y Robert Murray. He's a national columnist for FanSided and a major league baseball insider. Robert, thank you so much for joining us on the believe in Oakland days podcast. Really appreciate it.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. Have a good night.
1: Great information there from Robert Murray. We really appreciate him taking the time to come on the pod. And again, if you're not following him on Twitter, you should be at by Robert Murray. This guy breaks a lot of news in the realm of free agency, arbitration, trade talks, all of it. He does a great job as an MLB insider and a national columnist over at Fansided. So check him out. Thank you for tuning in this week. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you're more than encouraged to do so. At Ben Ross tweets. Try my best to keep it baseball related, although. I've been known to wander into other realms as well, especially during the offseason. But at the very least, hope I'm entertaining. Our next episode coming at you in two Tuesdays. That'll be the 1st of December. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. And we will talk to you on December 1st with a brand new episode of the Believe in Oakland Days podcast.